Hey guys, what is up? It is Raul here coming to you today with a Better You project. And on today's episode, I'd like to welcome Sack. Today's podcast was really good. It actually went a lot, uh, it went somewhere that I didn't think it would go. And um, I'm really happy with actually where it went. I I think one of the really cool things about doing a podcast uh, or having a podcast like this is just you get to sit down with some of your friends and just maybe ask some questions that you would kind of never really get the chance to ask them or you get to delve deeper into topics that you wouldn't normally get to delve into about their business or just their personal life or maybe why they've decided to do some decisions in, in both their business and their personal life. And uh, I think this story is really cool. Uh, Sack, somebody that I have been following for a while. Uh, I've seen him, I've seen what he's been doing since he started his company or started working for himself. I've seen the growth of CJ building, which has been really cool to see uh, how much he's expanded his team, how much professional it's become over time. And just, I really admire all the different sort of work they've done in I think they, they're really good at their marketing and all that sort of stuff. So if you are interested in business, uh, this is a good uh, story to listen to. And also, just if you're just somebody who's maybe looking for some motivation and you're maybe you're thinking you have a calling to do something that's maybe different than what you're currently doing, maybe you don't like your job, maybe you've got a passion that you want to follow and you uh, are just looking for maybe that little uh, spark or ignition to help you go do that thing that you want to do, maybe this can help you with that. Uh, I've called today's podcast, How to Build a Company. Sack has a building company, hence the name. I think I'm really funny. And um, and yeah, so if you'd like to follow Sack and you want to hear more of him and you, I don't know, have bis- like building needs that you might require, uh, his company's name is CJ Building. I'm just double checking right now to see what that I have the Instagram correct. Um but yeah, CJ Building, um, they're located here in uh, Adelaide. If you'd like to check out his Instagram, it's really cool. They, they do a really good job with it. It's CJ Building uh, or at CJ Building and, um, you know, look them up as well. Uh, look up their website because um, I know he's pretty proud of that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, thank you very much for listening to today's episode. And um, like always, if you do enjoy it, please go ahead and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This episode should be on Spotify. If it's not, the next episode will be on Spotify. And if it's not, then please give me grief so that I make sure that I get it on Spotify. But no, uh, yeah, please give it an, a review on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. All right. Thank you for, li- very, thank you for listening today, guys. Take care, and um, I'll catch you on the other side of it. you never really know what it's going to be like until you um, will have your first kid and then the second kid's a whole other ball game again. So um, leading into it, I didn't really have any sort of expectations that I can remember anyway, but it's been a massive adjustment. Um, I, I thought I was time poor before, um, but now it's sort of at another level. Um, it is like, you know, Bonnie, my second kid, she's only, you know, six weeks old today I think so um, the dynamic is still changing at the moment but um, yeah certainly in the first six weeks um, my time has been much more demanded upon at home to do pick up things like a bit of cleaning I'm cooking almost every day um, just household duties that I wasn't doing before so I'm trying to get up early I'm trying to train regularly I'm trying to do the effort in the office that I need to put in we have a home office so um, you know, we've got both kids at home still, none of them are at school. 
So we've got a lot of distractions there. So I'm trying to get in eight, ten hours in, on, of work in the day. Lots of distractions, so that's pulling that, that sort of productivity down. And then I have to stop work at 5, 5.30, and then go and start cooking dinner and start getting the kids ready for bed and everything like that. So um, very, very busy. Um, and the business is growing, and the business is busier than ever, so it's a, it's a big demand. Um, and so the dynamic is that I'm just pushing through it at the moment. Yeah. Um, it, will, it will become easier as um, sleeping patterns settle in a bit more and, and Jackie becomes a bit more comfortable to be able to handle them um, by themselves because at the moment she's not going out too much just because, you know, um, she's just still, still so early. So, um, <laughs> yeah, having a second kid was a, a big game changer. I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of got a bit of an analogy around it. Like, you have your first kid, it's just a shock, you know? You're like... Whoa! It's just complete life change, and it's a bit of an adjustment. But then you settle into it, and then having the second kid is just like, um, it's essentially doubling the workload. You know, you went from one to two; that's a hundred percent increase. You know, zero to one is that's that's that shock, and then one to two, hundred percent extra effort again. It's like, whoa! Didn't think you had any left in the tank, but you got to dig deeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I always find it interesting when you meet families who you know have really humongous families, like seven or eight kids or whatever, like. Mm. That's like a full-time business running like families like that. <laughs> and, you know, I won't get too deep into it because it's leading into another topic, but mums aren't appreciated as much as they should be. And it's, it's like a... Um, it's, I'm not going to say stereotype. It's like, a, it's like a cultural thing. It's like... Um, certainly in Australia. I'm not sure about other countries, but like... You know, I, think, I think our generation, though, is pretty switched on... Is a bit, maybe more switched on with that than other ones. Like, because mm. you're not the first guy who's had kids who both right. say the same. They're like, yeah. fuck, this is really hard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I know what you mean. Like for so many years, like it's just like, there hasn't been that appreciation given to mums. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then it just, it comes back in on them because they're thinking that they need to be doing more, but they just, they just need to understand that they are contributing to the family unit by looking after the kids. And if you are running a business, you are helping run the business by taking care of a portion of the overall lifestyle yeah. So that one of you can do the business or do whatever they need to do, so that you know it's that it's that balance, and um, it's just a it's just a mindset thing that um, women just need to, I suppose, move into that place where they they feel like they are fully contributing by doing that, and it's it's not their fault. It's like a it's just like a like I said, like a cultural or stereotype. Like they just don't feel like it is the contribution that. Um, is um, appreciated. Yeah. Mm. When, um, I would, I'd like to know, so I'm, I'm bringing you on because I want to talk about, you've got a, a building company. Um, I've seen your kind of like story uh, work its way through, like from when you were just kind of working mm. uh, like in the trade and now um, your company has become pretty successful, which is pretty cool. Uh, I like, I always want to know with people, what's that moment when you're like on job, on site probably, and you just have that light bulb moment where you're like, mm, fuck this, like, I need to do this, like, I need, there needs to be, I need to do this in a different way. Yep. So, tell, take me back to like, what was that moment, where were you, all that sort of stuff. I suppose it wasn't really like a specific moment in time where I had that light bulb moment, but um, doing some, um, doing some, well, sort of dipping my toe in the water with some business coaching and some consulting with people who were helping you grow your business, <clears throat> um, understanding the importance of reading books and getting you know all that knowledge about 
how to run a business because essentially it doesn't matter what you do in your business. Like you could sell gym memberships and train people or you could sell books or you could build houses. It doesn't really matter what the business does. Running the business is a different discipline and so learning that discipline separate to what the business does to generate income is like an education that you need to take upon yourself. And, and but, but we've had this conversation because not not everyone not other, not everyone sees the value in that or yep. not everyone yeah uh, decides to take it upon or maybe it's like it's a completely different part of their brain that maybe they don't um, you know especially mm. especially when you're doing uh, you know we're, we're pro- probably both in similar positions when you're doing something that is physical and involves you doing a thing mm-hmm. um, that's a very different type of skill set than you know, sitting down, thinking, planning, strategizing, That's right. looking at numbers. Yep. So did, did you always have that sort of skill set within you and you, it's just kind of a thing where you started harnessing it or? Mm. I've, I've always been interested in analyzing and numbers and things like that. Um, so I suppose it wasn't something I was really conscious of, but now that I think back on it, you know, I do enjoy that sort of stuff. I was always really good at maths and things like that. Um, and then being hands-on like I do enjoy building things like in high school I was always doing all the tech subjects and I really enjoyed that so it was a natural progression for me to get a trade so I'm a carpenter by trade so I really enjoyed that side of the things Um, and then I always wanted to start my own business and then you always think you know starting your own business you can earn more money and get more time but that sort of doesn't happen straight away (laughs) so you start working harder and you're spending more time to build the business up and then you get some staff on and then you start, like when, for me anyway, like dipping my toe in with a bit of consulting and, and learning about running the business rather than doing the things in the business. It just sort of opened my eyes up to all the possibilities where the business could take me and I don't necessarily need to be on the tools. And so, you know, I feel like I'm a really good carpenter. You know, you don't start a business unless you think you're really good at what you're doing. So, you know, I've got tickets on myself for my carpentry skills. Um, but you can always employ someone who's just as good or better and it's not that expensive and so then you can move on to more high level things and you can start moving the business in the direction where you can start actually generating good income and then not only for yourself but just like to build something that everyone can be proud of so that your staff and everything can grow with it and they will earn better money and they will have a great working environment and a great culture and you know culture for me is massive um i think what you're describing is a pretty is that's a key I think that's a pivotal moment in anyone who has a business, but that's a really ego-less moment mm. because it takes... I've seen this happen so many times with so many people where they don't <laughs> want to stop being the person. Like, they don't want to stop being the man or whatever um, or yep. the woman or, like, the person at the front uh, and they struggle to realise that, yeah, that, you know, you, we are, re- you know... I think every person who's really high up in business realises, yeah, you're replaceable. Like, yep. um, no one is that special. Yep. Uh, so... That's that's sort of where I was going to be leading to from your question is that there's not a light bulb moment for me where um, I thought, oh, I need to do X, Y, Z to grow the business. It was... Um, it was a realization that um, I can be replaced and that I'm better off um, growing the business and getting other people in the key areas to help do the things that you know, uh, you know, fairly easy really, like putting the nails in the right spot and, and build, do the building work, be the leader of the company and then so that, that process is what I was trying to get at. I sort of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> um, that process of moving from 
being the person in control on site, doing all the doing, all right, and then moving away and letting go, and then taking a different approach and focusing on other things and knowing that the people you've got in those roles can take care of that. So that's a that's a mindset change to be able to get the right people in the position, train them if you need to, and then trust that they're going to do as good a job or better than you, and and then let go to a small you know to a large degree, um, and let them be their own leader in that capacity. So then, you know, you essentially got, instead of just you just telling everyone what to do, you've got these little mini leaders in position and they're just helping drive all those different um, areas of the business forward. So um, that would be the most difficult thing for, I think, anyone to sort of go through. Um, it's, a, it's a mindset thing and the only thing that I can think of that would help with that would just be reading books and getting around that sort of, um, that shift. Uh, what books helped you? <laughs> Well, there's there's many um, that have helped. Um, there is a the book that comes to mind straight away um, is a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's for me, it was a very tough read, but it talks about like the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. There's a lot of different principles in the book, so I won't be able to touch on all of them. But essentially, for everyone who's not a who doesn't know what those things are, could you explain them? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, a, a fixed mindset is someone who believes that they are born with the abilities that they have and they can't change them or they can't um, learn a new skill because that's just they just don't have that skill, you know. Um, like some people like um, would say to me, oh, you're, you're just good with your hands. And it's like, well, no, I've been using my hands to, build, to do carpentry skills for the last 15 years. Like if you did it every day 15 years, you'd be good as well. Um, so that's that fixed mindset. And then the growth mindset is believing that you can do anything with enough effort and energy put in the right um, area and then you can able you can um, you can learn any skill that you put your mind to essentially yeah and that failure is a good thing and all that sort of all that all that sort of stuff um, this is gonna sound like a so I, one of the things that I'm trying to do with my second or third or fourth run of me running a podcast is I'm trying to get into deeper levels of questions mm-hmm. um, are you a religious man by any chance? I'm not. Okay, because you have a lot of faith. I'm not sure whether you realize it or not. <laughs> well, because that's, that's another big... Religion is um, and, and, you know, many like, facets. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, And that's why, because most people, I guess, will come across faith uh, mm. via... Um, yeah, most people will come across faith via religion. But, mm. I mean, that's and like an expression of, of like a trait that you can cultivate through it or whatever. Um, and, yeah, you just... A lot of people don't have that. Like they don't have even just, even when people say they have read about fixed versus growth mindset, um, they still don't really have that belief where they like, yeah, anyone could get good at anything if they just work at it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, again, like another really ego egoless trait. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I don't know. I just, uh, I think that's a really key thing that yep. somebody could have all the other pieces, but if you don't really have that piece, because you could hire the right person and you know having faith in someone versus not. Yep. is like you know you'll keep let you'll you'll keep working on them till they till they get it because yep. you know like it's just practice like just do it do it do it do it and one mm-hmm. day it will click. That's right. Yep, hundred percent. And um, with the religion thing, um, like I said, it's got many facets, and so most people focus on the you know the belief that there is you know a god in some form, um, but there's all these other things around it as well, and that is you know um, believing in certain 
um, concepts and certain ways of thinking. And, you know, most religions really just promote happiness, you know, in many ways. So I'm not, although I don't believe in any, like, God or anything like that, um, I don't really have a bad opinion of religion because I just think, well, you know, some people have their own interpretation of it and they may not um, uh, sort of act out the <laughs> the principles in the way that um, was intended by others. So they've all got their own interpretation of it, but essentially it all boils down to just being a good person, you know, and I'm all for that. So um, the, other, the other part of it is, you know, believing in yourself and believing in... Um, other people being good so that you can rely on them to, you know, do certain things, whatever that may be. So, yeah, that's that's sort of my high-level look at it anyway. <laughs> so, I'll, we'll, we'll dig deeper into, into your life here, Zach. So, I saw a, a commentary on Sasha Baron Cohen. Do yep. you know who that is? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, uh, somebody was asking him about his ability to take criticism when he plays all these different roles mm-hmm. you know when he's done Borat or Ali G or um, Bruno and you know how he's able to get into these roles and just go full speed at them so unapologetically unapologetically he's a phenomenal actor I'd have to say and and he's they were asking him like do you take any of the criticism that you feel personally you know how do you distinguish between the actor and the person and he said that he I think he grew up as an only child or um, you know, maybe his brothers were like a lot further away from him, but he basically just explained that he got really good support from his parents. Like they built up his self-esteem like a lot. And, you know, when he went into the world, like he's really sure of himself. So he can, you know, do these things and whether people give him negative feedback or whatever, he knows that that doesn't quite affect who he actually is. Yeah. Now, when I first heard that, I kind of thought of my own upbringing, like uh, growing up, I kind of realized that my ego was really large like I was always the sort of person who was like yeah if I want to do something I'll I never saw a reason why I couldn't do it mm. I just kind of looked at things like well mm. I just haven't done that yet yep. you know but I could get good at it and yep. you grew up with people right and um I think in Australia this is pretty massive like tall poppy syndrome mm. and you have people around you who are like well, why do you think you can do that mm. and you know my my ego we struggled with that because I'd always be like well like why couldn't you you know like you could do that too if you wanted to and what I'm bringing up here is that self-belief, like what was your support network growing up or mm. um, what's your support network now? Like what's the thing that fuels the belief, yep. the self-belief anyway? So um, it's a very interesting point that you bring this up because um, I'm a big believer in this as well. And so um, the fixed and growth mindset is really instilled in you as a kid. And the mindset is something you can change, but it's very difficult to change. You need to consciously work out a lot. So... I feel I was very lucky to have the mum that I do. Um, When I was growing up, she would constantly tell me things like I could do anything that I wanted. Um, I was heavily into basketball. I would always tell her that I was going to go to America and I was going to be a superstar and you'd be watching me on ESPN. And she would just back me up, you know, and she would just say that she would just come, she'd fly over there and watch me play. And so there was just, there wasn't even like a, a... a scent of doubt anywhere. It was just unshakable. It was like, yep, that's what's going to happen and it's not a problem. Um, I would tell her all my, my big dreams. I wanted to be um, an NBA basketball superstar. I wanted to be an astronaut and I wanted to be an inventor. I don't know why those other two were in it, but yeah. that's just what I wanted to do. And then mum's response to me was, you can do all of them. And it's like, you know, looking back on it now, you think that's just that's just instilling that growth mindset. Yeah, um, that's, you know, it's, I find this so interesting that I'm noticing this now via podcast. Mm. Um, but 
I've always got like a good vibe from you and mm. we kind of have different sort of lives. So mm. like we don't necessarily have things in common, but um, yeah, there's always been like a, and it's so funny what you're describing is like the exact same sort of childhood I had. Mm. Yeah. Like it didn't matter what it was. Didn't matter how ridiculous it was. Yep. You'd be like, yeah, do it. Like, yeah, that's awesome. It. Like, why not? A hundred percent. And that's, that's something now that I'm his dad, I'm trying to be very conscious of that. I say certain things to my daughters in a way that helps nurture a growth mindset. So little things like, I don't like to say that we can't do something. So, um, and I catch myself saying it like quite a lot. Like, um, I'll say to Jackie, oh, I can't do this right now for whatever reason. And then, you know, Lorelai's hearing that and then she thinks that if you can't do it, that's just, you can't change it. But we're trying to change that language around to, I can't do this right now or I haven't learned how to do this. You know, I need some help with this. Um, those sort of things. So whenever I catch Lorelai saying, oh, I can't do this, I just say to her, um, you, you can't do it yet. You haven't learnt that skill. Or um, yeah, I say to her, we, we don't say I can't. You can ask for help if you need some help. And so just to try and catch her in the middle of it to make her believe that she can do anything that she wants. Um, I think instilling a growth mindset in kids is like the best thing you could ever do. And... This sort of leads into the next thing that I was going to say is this is where I think sports as a kid is very important because that's just this little growth, like um, this little community of growth-minded people. Um, you know, you listen to um, teammates egging each other on and they're always saying things like, oh, that's a good effort or a good try there. It's like you're never ever saying, oh, you, you couldn't do that. You know, oh, you know, you need to... Things like you need to try harder to get that done because if you if you try to shoot a goal in basketball and you miss it you say you need to practice more you don't just say oh you can't shoot threes you say no you need to practice them more so that you can shoot them so there's never ever a can't anywhere and that sort of helps instill that mindset and so I did play a lot of basketball and um, to a quite a high level and so I was around that sort of thing all the time as well so I feel like all these little things helped me to get to the point where I, when I was going to start my business I just didn't really have any um, blocks in my head thinking that I wouldn't be able to do the things that I want to do um, I mean, I did. <laughs> I did, but you that's where the books and stuff help remind you that it is possible um, and you just have to keep going and keep learning, keep getting better. And it's, yeah. So, yeah. What's, <clears throat> what was one of the roadblocks that you've had to, like mental roadblocks that you've mm. had to encounter or like a belief that has been hard for you to um, break through? Cause I'll, and I'll share maybe... Um, like a personal thing maybe to trigger some ideas, but uh, now I have lots of friends who are business owners, mm. but for a long time, like I was the first friend who was a business owner to mm -hmm. all my friends. Mm -hmm. So to make people meet my reality, and I've always done this, like I've turned a lot of my friends into business owners, right? You plant the seed, you're like, yeah. you know, you, yeah. and cause like, I'm also like very growth. You know, if someone says like, Hey, I want to do this. I'm like, yeah, do it. You yeah. know? And then I'll be like, Oh, have you started it? Or like, Oh, why not? And you know, like, and over time now, like I have lots of people that um, kind of have meet me and have a very similar ideology. Mm. Um, uh, how I forgot where I was going with that. Um, how have you encountered, uh, or how have you found people that can help you with that sort of growth mindset as you've gone older, or how have you like filtered your network um, to kind of like um, match your beliefs? Because you know we we meet these roadblocks. Right. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the classic old saying of, 
you know, you're the average of your, the five people you hang around with most. Like, it is quite true. Um, the people you hang around with will affect your mindset in so many different ways. So it is very important to get yourself around those sort of people and then knowing that you will rub off on others um, and have that positive influence is, um, is really important to me as well because I don't want to be a sour person, a negative person. So I'm always, you know, my wife always tells me that I'm the happiest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I just, I just love life and I love uh, running my business. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just having fun every day. So, um, so what was the question again? Sorry. Um, you know, I, I got lost in my own train of thought, but now I've remembered what I was going to originally yeah. ask you. Yeah. Uh, what have been some of the mental roadblocks that you've encountered? Oh, yes, like? that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The biggest one would be letting go of the control on site. And so, you know, we do renovations and extensions, um, high levels of detail and so many different things going on about all the stuff that is in my head because I'm the one dealing with the client when we're pricing things. And then figuring out a way to get all that info into someone else's head and then letting them run with it and me not being there to sort of check on certain things that are being done in a certain way. That was massive for me because... And how did you overcome that? Well, um, essentially, I mean, when it all boils down to just getting the right person in the right place. So, um, I have a staff member, um, his name's Tim. Um, he's actually a friend of mine from school. And so, um, when I hired him, I just hired him as just another um, on-site carpenter or he's a cabin maker by trade. So, he just came in and helped helped out with um, the, the doing of all the building projects and I, that was when I was on the tools. And Tim is very similar mindset to me. He's he's very switched on. He learns very quickly um, and he's he gravitates to responsibility. So, he just... He's always keen to put in that extra effort. And so, um, I've always talked to all the guys about the growth of the company and there's going to be positions available to be a leader. Um, And Tim just sort of like snatched it up. It just naturally sort of happened that way. So, um, he has um, gotten to the point now where um, even though he doesn't have um, like really strong knowledge around like just complete building projects um, because he comes from a cabinet maker's background, it's... Typically, they just come in and do the cabinet making and then leave, whereas the carpenters will be around a bit more, so they just generally get that knowledge a bit easier. But um, we're putting him through some training at the moment. He's been doing it for... It's coming to the end now. It's almost probably 18 months' worth of um, this training course you can do to sort of put all that knowledge in his brain, and he's been doing that um, quite well, getting through all that. So, the trusting... Getting back to your question, like finding the right person, trusting they can do it, you just you just got to find the right person and then slowly relinquish control and start to tell like start to get into their head that in certain situations like you wear different hats and so when I'm in the office I've got my business hat on and I'm I'm doing certain things and so then I'm sort of the boss but if I go out to site because every now and then I will um just to have a look or whatever and not not so much anymore but I would come out to site and I would do some do some things, you know. I might get on the tools and help out for a half a day because I just I just want to. But when I do that, I'm not the business owner then. I take my business hat off and I put on the laborer's hat. And then I'm going up to my staff and I'm saying, you know, Tim, what do you what am I doing? Because he's in control of that environment and I need to take a different position in the company at that point and I don't need to come in and start taking over because then there's too many chefs in the kitchen. 
you need someone to have that leadership role. And when I when I change hats, I need to take the direction from the right person because that's what I expect from all my staff. You know, and at that point, I'm just another staff member. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you you brought up another egoless. <laughs> you're crushing this. But this just to just like this. But you're leading by example, and I know this has been a a very long process for me um, well, to get me, to that point. Well, I, there's a reason why I keep bringing this up because personality-wise, I wouldn't. You wouldn't strike me to have be able to have all these so many of these egoless moments. You know what I mean? Like some people mm. just have one of them and then that's it, and they're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, to have so many of them. Um, which I think is a huge testament to your success. You know, uh, there's a good, um, you know, there's a good book. It's called Ob- "The Obstacles Away." Mm. Have you read it? Or heard I haven't. It? I haven't read or heard of that one. Okay, yeah. But long, long story short, right? Like your obstacle is the way to like get what you want, and a mm. lot of the times we're the obstacle because mm. we're getting in the way. Yeah. You know, we're the person that's actually stopping us from doing the thing or whatever, or like our beliefs, etc. And uh, you brought up culture at the start of the podcast, mm. and a lot of people say that word, right? Like it becomes like a motto in people's companies. Yep. But uh, yeah, like that's really refreshing to hear that you, um, you you embody that, and that's something that you're conscious of. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, um, when what I was saying before is like this has been a long journey for me because um, I am a very big personality. Um, throughout my whole life, I've just my mouth has got me in trouble because I just let it fly all the time. <laughs> so, even in high school, I remember situations. Um, uh, teachers would, I'd be getting in trouble all the time and they'd, I'd get sent out of the classroom for talking out of turn or saying things that are rude or whatever because I'd just speak my mind and without any sort of filters. Um, so I got sent out of the class and the teacher comes out and I didn't particularly like this teacher but she comes up to me and she's just levelling with me and she's just like, Zach, you are a natural leader. Right? You just have, people gravitate towards you, you have a big voice, people listen to you even though you might not think they do because in high school, you know, everyone's just ripping on each other. But she's telling me this and I just didn't believe it. It's like, no, no, I'm just Zach. Like, I don't really have many friends because, you know, I'm so outspoken. (laughs) People don't want to hang around me that much. Um, And she's telling me all these things and I'm looking back and I'm like, whoa, that's actually all true because I just, you know, I'm just, I walk in the room and I just start talking and I'll just walk up to anyone I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone so um, having those having that as a realization and knowing that I have something that I need to be responsible for and that is that you know I have a big loud voice people listen when I talk I need to be careful what I say you know and then moving into a leadership position having even more responsibility because not only do they not only do they now have to listen to what I say they have to do what I say and so yeah, you just have to. You you need to you need to take that on and really sort of understand the 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 responsibility of um, that you have and take it seriously. And so that's when things like culture come in because the um, well, we have core values as a company, and it's not just something I've written down. I've actually sat down with the team and actually brought it up and said, these are some examples of core value statements. What are ours? Let's discuss it now. So we came up with them ourselves and then we can hold each other accountable for them. And I keep telling my team, hold me accountable to them as well because I'm only a human, you know? Just because I'm the boss doesn't mean that I can do whatever I want. Like this is a company and we all need to fall in line with how we want the company to go. So um, at all our sort of regular meetings that we do with the team, um, I tell them like accountability is something that I want you guys to have on me and I'm going to have on you. So if, if I tell you guys I'm going to do something, and then I don't do it. You have full um, 
permission to come at me and say, Zach, our number one core value was never let the team down. And you said you were going to do this and now you haven't. You've let the team down. And, I, and that's going to hold weight with me because I don't like saying things that I'll do but then, and then not doing them. So I like to follow through with stuff. So accountability is um, something that I want the team, or at least my team, to help with each other. And that's where the core values come in. So um, we all know the core values and we hold each other accountable to them so that I'm even, I've even told my apprentice, like if the leading hand carpenter on site is doing something that's not in line with our core values. You have full permission to go up to him and say, this isn't good enough. You know, we all agreed on this and now you're not doing it, you know? And then it's, you know, so we're all leading, you know, we're all leaders ourselves and we're all helping, you know, steer the charge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, like with anyone who maybe gets some success in business, you start to, you realize, okay, I've got this, new set of skills that I can probably apply to other aspects. Mm. Um, something that I've seen a lot of business owners do as they become successful. Um, I definitely have been guilty of this. Is um, I think it's called like business flirtation. You start flirting with the idea of other businesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've entered that this year. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, one of the things that I've uh, read a lot about is, you know, people who've become really successful in business, right? Like lots of companies that we probably all know of, like stick to doing one thing and they do it really well and they do it better than anyone else. Mm. Um, but that's really hard to do when you start seeing all these different opportunities come up and there are some anomalies, right? You, there's some anomalies uh, out there, right? Like people will point out to people like Elon Musk who fucking trying to go to the moon and build tunnels underneath California and, you know, they're doing like a hundred things at once. And yep. We go like, well, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. But how do you, how have you dealt with? Uh, how do you stay on path like with the with the task at hand? It's a very good question. Um, there is a book that comes to mind that I've read, but I can't remember the title of it. And it's something along the lines of um, the. Uh, it's like the ability to say no to something is almost like the ability to say yes to something else. Um, I think it's the art of saying no or something. Um, anyway, so you get all these ideas. As an entrepreneur, you know, you get all these ideas all the time and you think, I could do that, I could do that. And you look at it and sometimes you dive a bit deeper into it than other things. Um, but there is a point in that sort of thinking process where there's a point of no return. You so you can you can dabble in the top end of it, and then you can think, oh yeah, I can either do this or I'm not. And then if you start doing it, you really got to commit to it, or not, and just scrap it. So, um, I've been really singularly focused on my business for like up until you know the start of this year, and then start of this year, I've had some other little things come into my mind of thinking about, oh, I've got these other little business ventures that I want to have a go at, and. Um, some of them I've just had to scrap and be like, no, that's going to take too much effort for me. It's going to pull me too far away from my current business because, you know, my business is doing well but by no means is it to the point where like I don't have to do anything in it. Like it's it still requires a lot of my time so I'm very conscious of that and it's also, you know, I have the duty to my team to make sure that I don't just, you know, trail off onto something else and chase the next glittery thing that I see, you know, because that's obviously going to let the team down with the company not um, continuing to grow and, and do all the good things it is. So, um, I'm looking at some other business opportunities at the moment but the key thing for me is that it needs to be really easy like I need to put in a nominal amount of effort at the start invest some capital and then it just starts working by itself pretty much from day one so I can't find something at the moment where 
I need to start like putting years of effort and energy into so I can I can build it. So um, for me, um, uh, I'm still really focused on my own business and putting all the energy in there. Um, and you know, I sort of have to fight back all the the cool ideas that come into my head and um, other opportunities that come up. So uh, that's another sort of mindset thing. But I feel like you know you don't. I suppose when you're starting your own business for the like, and it's quite young, you know, within the first couple of years, you're so focused on it anyway. Like if you're if you're getting sort of um, distracted at that point, maybe you've got the wrong business. You know, <laughs> if you've got something, you know, like a um, like a traditional type of business, and um, you know, you're putting all that effort and energy, and then all of a sudden you just change your mind. Well, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. If you go to pizza shop and you start thinking about how to make cupcakes, yeah, might, exactly you right. Might, you might have an issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, look, mate, this has been a really good podcast. I, I, not that I didn't think I'd enjoy this, but I enjoyed it. You've exceeded the expectations. <laughs> um, if people wanted to find you, where can they do so, Zach? We are. We have a website www.zjbuilding.com.au. We have a very active social media and we have a very active website where we're updating it all the time. We're constantly posting new blogs um, and I'm doing Facebook live videos not as often as I should but fairly often. So um, on Facebook and Instagram, um, you just, just search ZJ Building and you'll find it. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming on today, man and I'll definitely have you on again in the future. Oh, great. Sounds great, mate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>